Hello and welcome aboard Fighting Catholic Jet Lag. My name is JC and I'll be your host for this podcast. I'm a flight attendant and I'm on a journey to find my place within the Catholic Church. I'll be accompanied by my friend and co-host, Father Larry Hostetter, a priest of 34 years and a doctor of sacred theology. He's a Catholic University president. And for our discussion, he'll serve as spiritual ground control to keep things on course for our flight back to faith. We'll be navigating through difficult and uncomfortable issues, so prepare for a bit of turbulence along the way. There won't always be easy answers, but no subject will be off the table. If you're ready to explore your own doubts and questions and reclaim your faith with us, then sit back, buckle up, relax, and enjoy our flight to faith. I'm not sure it's not sacrilegious to be putting that color on the Blessed Mother. Are you kidding me? Of course it's not sacrilegious. You don't think she likes pink? Just because you don't like pink doesn't mean the Blessed Mother doesn't like pink. And this is red. JC's coloring while we're talking. And I was, I'm a little worried that she's coloring this religious picture of the Blessed Mother and she's giving her a red dress. Why not? Well, it's supposed to be blue. Okay, supposed to be. <laughs> you know, I think when we confine her to boxes, that's where we get into problems, Father Larry. So I think if she looks lovely in pink and red, then we should put her in pink and red. It okay. matches her skin tone perfectly. All right. Any more questions? No, I'll leave I, it be. I, it means purity. I think something, yeah. I think that's probably purity. Purity. Oh, yeah. oh, here we go again. No, I, mean, I don't know. Oh, that's why. She, no, can't, I, I, she can't love passionate red and pink. I don't really know the answer to that question. See why how blue? sexist it is and we don't even realize it. Give her. Well, you are things. automatically assigning meaning to colors that may or may not exist. You are. Okay. This is, she loved it. I feel like she'd love this. I'm making her brown. Is this sacrilege too? No, not at all. So anyway. Um, so you were saying. That it's possible that everybody could be in heaven. So. Oh, whoa. Wait oh, a minute. Wait, hold on. Oh. Hold the phone. <laughs> Becky Corner. Take it away. So <laughs> I was discussing this with my husband. And we have a few questions around this. Like, how can everyone be in heaven? How do we go through life being as good as we can be, yet someone else who chooses to do whatever they want for their own interests, how can we both end up in the same place and have an equal choice? Why don't? Why should we bother? That's a really good question. And I think I would bother, first of all, uh, because I want to be sure when I'm faced with the final choice that I know what love is. Mm. So Ooh. I don't want to end up before God and God is blasting me with his love and mercy. And I go, ew, <laughs> no, thank you. I don't know what that is. I've never done that. And I don't want to have any part of that. I would rather be eternally lonely and frustrated than well, that. You also have a moral code. So it's like even knowing you can do whatever you want and there might not be any consequences. You still don't just because it's not the right thing to right. do. Yeah. Yeah. I'm, I mean, I'm the, exactly. Because, but if you're asking the question, why should I bother? That's what I should bother. You know, it was Nietzsche who said, if we do who? away with God, we do away with all morality. Yeah. Um, and I think he's wrong because of what, what, 
what JC said. But if people people do ask that question, why do I need to bother? Well, that's what, one reason why I would bother because we're happiest also when we love. People so, may think they're happy if all they do is live in greed and 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 you know accumulate and get whatever they want. But I've been around long enough to know, and I'm, having met some of those people and met other people who live the opposite, who is happier. And I have no doubt uh, about that. It's love, because God is love. We are meant for God. We are meant for love. That's right. But I think Eric's question um, a is a really good one then as to how can how how can God do that? I mean, how can God, after somebody's been a horrible person all their life, and we can think of just horrible persons, Adolf Hitler, Jeffrey Dahmler, um, you know, just we can name all sorts of people where we just know that their lives were just horrific. However. No one thinks they're the bad guy. Everybody does. what. Well, yeah. Aquinas said, we always do what we think is good. Yeah. Um, I think each each of them. And if they had a defect in terms of their own conscience, where they really honestly believed that what they were doing was good, that defect would be corrected in that experience of, of meeting yeah. God face to face in the judgment. And they would then still have that choice. I mean, I think, you know, the whole thing about the choice is we can't really choose well if we are burdened with whatever it might be, whatever, you know. What do you mean by that? Well, if uh, example would be if, if, if I were an alcoholic or an addict uh, dependent on, on, on chemical drugs, um, that limits my choice. And when God wants me to choose him, or her, God wants my choice to be as free as possible. And so I think what happens as part of purification is we are washed clean of those things that limit our ability to freely choose so that, as we talked about last time, those saints who say in that liminal space, that space in between, mm-hmm. we then have are actually free enough to, to choose God. Because that actually makes a lot of sense. So it's like we we should turn away from the things that are taking us away from God because God wants us to choose him without anything limiting our freedom. Li- anything limiting our freedom. So God doesn't want us to have limited freedom. Right. I'll give you another example though. This like the stuff. but sin limits our freedom. Well, Is but that it doesn't even necessarily have saying? to be sin because being an alcoholic or drug addict is not no, sinful. I'm I'm more so saying like like what because sinning's a lot of fun when you think about it. So what is keeping us from sinning? And why doesn't God want us to sin if that's what we want that's what we want to do if it's fun for us? Because God wants us to be free. He wants and us to sin, be free. Sin limits our freedom. Right. You know, um, the church has always made a distinction that's kind of related to this between what's called uh, imperfect and perfect contrition. And contrition means to be sorry for one's sins. Imperfect contrition means I'm sorry for my sin because I don't want to go to hell. Perfect contrition is I'm sorry for my sins because I love God. So this is like taking from a page of like Barb 101. Are you really sorry or are you sorry that you got caught? Right. And, you know, sometimes being sorry because you get caught is sufficient. But Barb, did you hear that? But <laughs> if I stand before God and God says, Are you sorry for your sins, for not being loving? Do you want to love me for eternity? 
And I said, and I'm thinking, yeah, because if I don't say yes, I'm going to hell. So I better say yes. That's not a free choice. Oh, I've just been, I'm, I'm, I'm limited in that case by my fear of hell. So even that would be purged from one's life and to where imperfect contrition would be turned into perfect contrition. I would imagine though, that how God gets us around that for us curious ones, it's like going to the buffet and they take you through the salad bar uh, and through like yeah. the meat section. Isn't that the place not scare you? It's terrifying. But they take you by the salad bar too because they're like, you know, you don't want salad. Like you want to go for the good stuff. Right. Why do they even have a salad bar? Why do they even have a salad bar? Who knows? But that's like heaven and hell. God's like, let me just take you through here as I show you to your seats and you can let me know what you're feeling. You know? Yeah. Have you ever been to one of those Brazilian restaurants where they do all the meat? And so you have started with a salad bar, and then they come by with these giant spears of lamb and beef and pork. This is heaven. And yes. everybody by the end of the is day hell. is meat sweats. And the meat sweats are the worst. <laughs> you know, it's I, I did not I have to person. honestly say I did not enjoy it. Uh, oh I did not enjoy I it. I mean, I went when I had a Rio layover. And we went three times in one 24-hour yeah, period. Yeah, I think you have to be young. Well, the entire crew had the meat sweats the whole way home. Yeah. What did you call it? Fogo de Chow. Fogo de Chow. Chow. So yeah. it's like Evan's like going to Fogo de Chow. So you don't even have to worry about being like, I just kind of want to see what it's like down there. Right. He's like, no, no, I'm just going to take care of that. But you told us that, okay, so the que- answer to the question is, Cut why Why would, no, I actually think it's hilarious. <laughs> Why would uh, everybody get to heaven, even people who who uh, live their lives in sin or have the, the, the potential for getting to heaven? We don't know. Mm-hmm. My suspicion is they, they might or probably. Um, it's the same reason why that hell exists, because God is love. And so and we don't understand that love. We, we do right. not come anywhere close to understanding that incredible depth of passion that God has for every human being that he's ever created. So he's going to give that person every opportunity possible. Um, If you think about you're going through life every single day, God is throwing grace at you. Mm -hmm. And I think our prayer could be every morning is Lord, help me to see not to dodge the grace that you're throwing at me. Well, tell me exactly in your words what what grace means to you. Grace is, well, again, this is could probably be another thing. Grace in, in the Catholic tradition uh, is is uh, grace that helps us just to live every day. You know, the grace to get up in the morning, the grace we need to be nice to somebody, to, to do our prayers. And then there's a deeper level of grace called sanctifying grace, which is God's actual life given to us, God's God's mm-hmm. life dwelling in us. Um, and so we talk about that grace, that sanctifying mm-hmm. grace is what we can we have the ability to destroy through our oh. through our own own life. We, we don't have the ability to destroy it, but we have the ability to shut it out of our lives. We have the ability to say, I'm building a wall. I don't want this grace. And that's of course I mean that's what we we that's, all that's do. What, that's what hell is. But that's ultimately. what I mean and that's what we all, I think everyone is maybe guilty of that in one way or the other, whether we realize we're doing it or not. Well, when we turn away from God, that's what we're yeah. doing is we're 
if, if you're turning to, to that extent, you're saying it's like you're standing in the rain and you're getting wet and that's God's grace. And as long as you're standing there in the rain, doing what you need to, that grace is covering you. But you have the ability to take an umbrella, open it up and say, I don't want this. Yeah. Okay. And, and if I don't want it for eternity, that's how we define hell. Again, if it, it, it's a potential, it's a possibility for everybody. So because of God's love. But I think you had a, a deeper question than that, that I think is also really good. Mm -hmm. I think what I'm trying to understand as well with this is, would you feel resentment towards the people that have lived a bad life and they still get to go? But I guess part of your purification would be you would not feel that resentment right. and you'd be happy to welcome them. You'd be happy for them. That's, it's, yeah, go ahead. Yeah, that's what I imagine when I think about purgatory, that's how I, how I find joy in purgatory. <clears throat> so anywho, So the story of the prodigal son, y'all remember that story mm -hmm. from the gospels, you know, the, the young son, right? Mm -hmm. You do remember. Of course I remember the gospels, Father Larry. Do, but I've done this before with you. And then I got into trouble because I assumed you said you knew something and then we, we were. All right, cut. Anytime you want to reference the gospel, unless it is Corinthians, I don't know it. FYI, oh. this was on a previous episode. Oh, yeah. The prodigal son? We talked yeah, about whenever he's like, went out looking. For oh, yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah. So we talked about this on a previous episode. That Oh, the prodigal son. The prodigal son. The father was so desirous of the son's return that he would stand out there waiting for him to return. And so the prodigal son... Once his inheritance, the younger son, is always a younger one. Go ahead. Okay. I know where you're going with this. And I'm thinking there's an older son who is standing there with his arms crossed. And he's like, I did everything you asked. And now that this Jagaloon's coming back into the picture, he's going to get some of my inheritance. Mm -hmm. Like, this is ridiculous. Like, that's what I think we're thinking in terms of purgatory is it's like, I went out of my way to do the right thing, and yet you are welcoming this in. And this person hurt me. Like I don't like that person. I'm not. Un We're not cool with each other. And you're letting them into heaven. Like that hurts me. This is like Real Housewives. Like when Brandy was close with Lisa. Oh yeah. And it's like you can't. You. You can't be close with one person and not expect to hurt your friend that hurt that friend. That's purg that's why we're wondering like with purgatory. You can't be close to a friend and Are you like, kidding like me? Like Jason's enemies are my enemies. Oh, without a doubt. I don't even question. I'm like just give me their names, yep. their numbers, their horoscopes. We're done. I don't have to know any more details. <laughs> Are you kidding me? Is that not how So as God is our friend, you would think that they would cross those people off. His list too. I would hope so because right. let me just tell you, if you cross me once, somebody's pointing the finger at me, people. I'm getting scared. If you cross me once, my mother is done with you. It doesn't matter if we make up or not; she's done with you. So if my mom can be my ride or die, I just would hope God would be too. Is what I'm saying. Well, that's not what God does. <laughs> God loves your enemies and wants them to be in eternity with you, with him, just as he does for you. But he's so, like, I'll keep y'all separated. <laughs> yeah, I can keep them separated. They won't even know that they're, they're there. Don't tell the other one that they're there. I mean, it's, it is constant stress for the good Lord to constantly juggle all of these high drama all, relationships. All these enemies. 
I mean, it is. It That's is. why he's like, just love your enemies. This is too much work for me <laughs> to keep y'all apart. <laughs> I get it. Can I just ask though, do you really mean it when you act like you're so confused? Like, let me just make this clear. My enemies are your enemies. Correct. Put it in. Your I don't heart. have any enemies. No, but if I do, those are your enemies because your enemies Maybe, are my enemies. But they might be. I know your enemies. They're my enemies now. I don't have any enemies. You ride for your friends, and this is how you do it. Jesus rode for his friends. Mm-hmm. Come on. That's why they were always fighting with each other, because Jesus didn't do that. I don't think he was a fan of the Romans. I don't think he was. <laughs> he was always getting into trouble because he wasn't doing what other people wanted him to do in terms I, of no, relationships. I, no, I get that, but he's not going to sit there. Okay. It wasn't it Peter and Paul? They were always annoyed with each other. Jesus isn't going to go be like, all right, Paul, we're going to hang out, but don't tell Peter. No, like he's going to be sensitive to that. So I hope that I, I'm sensitive to your, about your enemies. I'm not going to go call them up and hang out with them. I wouldn't care if you did. Yes, you would. You say that, but yes, you would. I don't think so. But I'd... back to the topic, the prodigal son had an older brother. Oh, he did. He did, yes. What was his name? And you've heard this story enough Was His time. name was Lisa Vanderpump. No. His, <laughs> he, he, uh, and he was mad because he had done all the right things. I get it. I hear it. And his dad said, um, I have always had you with me, but rejoice with me for my son was lost and now he has been found. So the resentment would get burned away. We would have God's attitude of the joy of finding someone who had been lost. I'm so annoyed right now. Why? Because that made me feel really bad. Rejoice with me. If my mom would have ever said, just rejoice with me, I would have been like, dang it, okay. <laughs> that kind of changes it. Okay, so anyway, the the point being, the prodigal son, he's welcoming him, welcoming him home and he says- The prodigal son did not, yeah, the father was. The father was, yeah. and he's like, just be happy for me. So, or rejoice with me. Well, it, the father so, gave him a ring. He killed the fatted calf. He invited all his friends. And what do you think his reaction was? His reaction is in the scriptures. It's, 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 it, it, it was, Father, how can you do this? I have been with you all this time. I did not squander my inheritance on loose women and licentious living, which is what it says. And is really ticked off about it. Mm-hmm. And... The father says, rejoice with me. Your brother was lost, but now is found. Probably didn't help the older brother. He probably was like, <laughs> yeah. Good. Get lost. Get, get lost again. But the point of that story is God doesn't operate the way we do. Uh, yeah. You know, and so remember the story from the scriptures where the Jesus talks about the shepherd leaving the uh 99 sheep behind for the one that was lost. Well, why would you do that? Why, if you have a sheep herd of a hundred sheep, that is your livelihood that are endangered by wolves and other things. And one of them leaves and runs away and you go chasing after that one, exposing the remaining 99 to danger it makes no sense yes it does because we are one bread one body and when one of us goes off it's like if my foot went walking off that's what you said in a podcast that's right but based on what you're saying if 
one of them walks off after being a jerk to one of my friends, you're not going to go hunting them down because they're now my enemy. I'm just, my whole point of this is that God operates to completely differently than we do. But do you operate like God or are you going to I certainly do not. <laughs> so my enemies are your enemies. I'm just kidding. I'm kidding. But I don't I'm have any enemies. To, I'm called to operate like God or to love like God. All right. And it's, it's a challenge. Is it, cha- is it still a challenge for you as a priest, 34 years, doctor of sacred theology? Is it still a challenge? It, does it get more? Does it get more challenging? Is it still a challenge for you to always smile and be friendly <laughs> when you're passing out drinks to unappreciative passengers after seven and a half years as a flight attendant? <laughs> um, some days it's easier than others. So that's basically the I think why we would not feel resentment. I think because we become more like God. We're made to be. We're, we're made for God. And in the ancient church, they had a term called divinization that rooted in the understanding that God became human so that we might become like God. Dang. It's beautiful. Yeah. <laughs> wow. So did we cover all the last things? Heaven, hell, purgatory? I don't know. I still don't think. I'd... I don't want to say a word. You know, one of the questions that came up uh, in an email was um, – uh, we, we talked about people who die by suicide and mm-hmm. if, if there were somebody who uh, did that, but it wasn't necessarily experiencing uh, mental illness. And does that change things? I, I don't think it does. Um, because again, it's about um, what, what is it that influences our, our decisions, even a horrible decision like that. And I, and I think, you know, I, I hope we made it clear that that, is would be considered a horrible decision for anyone and especially for uh survivors um, yeah, because it's taking us away from someone we love it's taking us away from love yeah and god and but again we, you know the, the lack of freedom that may exist may may not be due to mental illness there may there are other ways that we can infringe upon our our freedom in some cultures death by suicide was considered an honorable way to die the ancient romans uh, considered that a way of of saving face, you know. So you often have stories of Romans who who are, are dishonored, and the the only honorable thing for them to do then is to take their own life. Well, that's not exactly being free either. Um, that also is a an infringement on one's free will. And so I don't I I agree with the the person who wrote in that not all uh, deaths by suicide indicate. Right. A, a mental illness, but our mental health is so much more than just what we experience interiorly in terms of our individual right. uh, psyche. Uh, it is also about outside influences, um, and and it's it's much more broad and complex than anything we we could understand or mm. pre- truly fully appreciate. I think. Yeah. The bottom line to all of this conversation is that we're free. We've been given freedom. We've been given intelligence. And we're called to use that to choose God ultimately, that that's the reason why we're free is so that we can choose love Um, because God wants us to freely choose love and not to be restricted in any way in our choice. And whatever we need to have that freedom, God is going to provide us with every opportunity that 
that we can be given to make that free choice for him. But because it's a free choice, we always have the possibility of rejecting love. And hell has to exist because for heaven and love to exist, um, freedom to choose exists. Right. And so therefore hell has to exist. There has to be an opposite. There has to be an experience in which we have the ability to freely say, no, thank you to God's love. Wow. Now, I want to add one more thing before we close off, though, um, because another really cool thing that gets to uh, Rebecca and Eric's question is how we live our lives today uh, determines the happiness of heaven. So... Um, if we live our lives in love and unselfishness, we are emptying ourselves of pride and greed and selfishness. That and, and so when we come before God, that emptiness is filled with God's love. Okay, but you're not saying like your circumstances you were in right now, you, it's not like you have to look forward to that later. No. It but, is your ability to be open to love. But because how you live your life may indicate how much you can be filled with God's love. And so some have described it as a cup and a thimble. Do you all know what a thimble is? Mm-hmm. Yes. Okay. so. <laughs> <laughs> um, a cup. Uh, what's that? The big gulp. The big gulp. Yeah. I like that. Slurpee. Uh, 32 slur- ounce, 32 ounce ounce cup. The monster. Versus, you know, the little tiny little six ounce cup. Okay. You fill up both cups to the brim. That cup is full. Mm-hmm. And that cup is as happy as it can be. Okay. So some people have described that as our experience of heaven. That depending on how we lived our lives. So say you lived your life in complete dedication to God and unselfishness. You worked for the poor. You gave yourself completely, uh, totally to whatever state in life you have and try to follow God's uh, love in everything you did. You're going to enter heaven a little bit more like that big gulp. If, if you were kind of mediocre and you did your best and you, okay. And you tried your best and, but you just didn't, your heart wasn't always in it. And sometimes you just preferred not to think about God and not to think about other people. Um, you might be that six ounce yeah. that, or that little, Dixie, we, that little Dixie cup. But either we need way, more big gulps in heaven. But so. either way, that Dixie cup will be as happy as the big gulp. Because it'll be full to the brim. And ladies God's and gentlemen, love. this is not sponsored content, by the way. <laughs> <laughs> but if you would like to sponsor, but I would be quite content. <laughs> yeah. Just to be the Dixie Cup, I, I do not need that. to be the Big Gulp. Yeah. But you know, so. Um, uh, okay. All right. You get it? Yeah. Okay. I get so it. I got you. In heaven, there will be people who've been good and done the best. You know, um, I mean, I doubt Hitler. If Hitler made it, and we don't know. Is going to be much more than you know a bottle co- bottle cap full of God's grace. You know, he's just kind of ran out of extra space. But he, I mean, he thought he was uh, with a, a lot of people in history that did some really bad things. Even within our church, they thought they were doing it. They were, they thought they were doing the right thing. Yeah, and unless unless there so was, so they're some... going to get to heaven like my big gulp is great, and God's like, eh, it's like yeah, little... you know better. He said, I, here, here's... it's Barb. She's yeah. like, you knew better. Yeah, exactly. Everyone's mother is yeah. waiting. Saying and you there knew might better. be somebody who didn't know better, 
you know, there might be somebody who from day one was raised by some people who were training this kid to be a thief and, and, and exactly. they never knew better. That, yes. And they thought, and they told them, this is how you got to live. This is a good way to live. Right. That person is a big gulp. But if somebody was brought up, as most of us are, I mean, we're not, we don't live in a completely amoral society. We have basic structures of good and evil. We all understand, you know, running over a dog is bad or. All know, right, cut. Okay, so. Why would right. you say that? Well, I was trying to be. Okay, so we all understand that beating a child, I don't said that not as bad. <laughs> Okay, we all understand that robbing a bank okay. is a bad thing, yeah. you know, because it's not our money. Um, but if you weren't, but some of us still still pins from right, work, right? Kind Which of- when we get into our thing on morality, it's going to be so much fun because you know, and we can maybe end on this: that if my family is hungry and starving, I can steal a loaf of bread, and it's not a sin. Well, this is this is why I was asking in the last episode about purgatory is, will we have the opportunity to see what our sins, how they affected other people and how they took them from God? Yes. Because if I'm a baker and I have all these loaves of bread and someone steals from me, they're feeding their family, but then that's coming out of my own pocket. Right. So it's, it's always affecting well, everyone. And it gets complicated because stealing from your need... To supply for my I just, need I just is mean different. in general when right. we when we do things and we justify it as right. I need. I mean, we're all really good at justifying yeah. our sins and saying I needed this right. for this reason, but it's affecting someone, even mm-hmm. if it's a small little drop in the bucket, right? So I want to know if we're going to have the opportunity to see how that spread. Right. I hope I have. Yeah, I mean, and that's painful, and, and I hope kind I of and that, that when we talked about the judgment. Yeah, that's what you'll see. Yeah. You'll see not only what you've done, but how it affected other people. But in the context of love and forgiveness, in the context of not, you got to watch this movie now before you can get in so you can see everything that you've ever done. Uh, that's, that's not what it is. It's, it's, it's a realization, a healing realization. Um, and then the, the final thing is the last judgment where we as a people, as a humanity, are judged. And that's when traditionally, in terms of a sequence of time, that's when we get our glorified bodies back yeah. to the eyebrows. No, I hate this. Um, one of seven kids. I hate the group judgment. That's yeah. not fair. That's a group project. Whenever I did all the work, I don't right. enjoy that. And it's just a Is reminder to us be? that we are connected to each other. Oh so gosh. when you all got in trouble as a set group of seven kids, it was a good reminder to you, hey, <laughs> Do not give her. You all belong together. (laughs) No, she's like, this is how God's going to do it one day. So y'all are all in trouble. (laughs) (laughs) But you know, you've seen the the last, the beautiful paintings of the last judgment where like Michelangelo's, we need to put that on the the Insta. Uh, Michelangelo's last judgment that's in the Sistine Chapel. So you have Jesus in the middle, Mary sitting next to him, kind of saying to him, okay, be a little easy on these folks. I hate this. Surrounded by saints and then rising up from the ground are the no. people coming out of their Stop. graves Don't tell me some this. of them going into heaven and some of them going into in, into hell some of them being dragged off okay. by demons Wait. all of that is imagery it's all just no. imagery no because okay one of the comments that i get a lot about i'm just going to say this real quick you're doing the thing where you rub your eyebrows which means we have to wrap this yeah, up yeah cuz i'm getting old um 
But as people saying, I'm so scared my daughter is going to hell. I've tried my best to give her a good Christian upbringing, or I'm really afraid my husband has turned away from God. And my response is always, don't worry about them. You're on your own journey. But you're making it sound like we need to be very, very worried and very pushy to our people who are turning away from God. Um, you know, some people interpret that that way that they have to do everything they can, they can to save souls. Um, my my feeling is the role of religion is to help people realize how much God loves them um, and how they're called to love, and that the salvation of souls is up to God. Uh, let us also remember all those who uh, suffer because of war, violence, and terror, especially today, the day after. Uh, 9-11. Gracious and good God, we come to you knowing that you are all good and all loving, and we trust in your mercy and grace. We give to you all those who are victims of war, victims of terror. Give them the compassion and love and courage they need. Help them to know that you are with them even in the darkest moments of their life. Lord, we also remember at this time all the many people throughout the world who've experienced hardship because of natural disaster, those who were in the path of Hurricane Ida, those who are victims of wildfires throughout the world, and for the many others who, because of human failings or the... uh, changes that are occurring in climate uh, have much to suffer. May we as a church always be with them, and may they know that they are not alone. We make this prayer through Christ our Lord. Amen. Amen. This podcast is ended. Love as you have been loved. And peace be with you. And God's breath in your sails. And Godspeed. Bye.